Welcome back to April Speaks Out. Today, my guest is Michael A. Winters. Michael is an educator in Memphis, Tennessee, but is originally from Vicksburg, Mississippi. He is currently pursuing a doctorate degree in educational administration from the University of Southern Mississippi, where he also earned his specialist degree. Michael is the author of the book and curriculum, You Deserve It, and he is also the host of Wins and Lessons podcast. In our conversation, we got a chance to talk about what it's like being a young black male in education, what inspired him to become an educator, and also how his teaching styles has changed since COVID-19. Let's dive into the conversation. How have you been coping with COVID and the pandemic and how's your mind? How's your soul? Well, um, you know, I'm definitely thankful to still be here. Yeah. Um, I did get COVID back I think, in August. Yeah. And um, you know, luckily it didn't, it didn't hit me too bad. Um, I didn't really you know, suffer much, but, you know, unfortunately many people have, you know, yeah. Have, have struggled and lost their battle with it. So I'm just thankful to still be alive. But in terms of how, how I've been coping with it, um, I've been able to just uh, utilize the time and all the grace that's been given to just try to help move some other things forward. So I've been yeah. able, able to get a lot done during this time for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say all the time, if you haven't taken out time for yourself since this pandemic, you'd have missed it. Like, uh, for real. Now we get this time back. Yeah, uh, so I definitely <laughs> understand that. So before we get into the show, as always, it is tradition on April Speaks Out to pose a would you rather question to each guest. And so when I ran across your question, I was like, I instantly laughed at it. So my question to you is, bro, would you rather have a hook for a hand or a peg for a leg and why? <laughs> Oh man, I would I would definitely say I would rather have a hook for him because you know I, I feel like I would still have my mobility. Um, yeah, hey leg, you can't really do too much with that. Right. Probably with having a hook for an arm, you know, it, it has a lot of uses. Um, but <laughs> definitely not. Yeah, right. Way. Right. And then my thing was this when I saw the question, I was like. You now, bro. You know us as black people. Mm-hmm. If we scared, we running. What right. I'm gonna do with a pad leg? What I'm gonna do with that, bro? <laughs> what <laughs> I'm gonna do with that? Yeah, you know, some people pay that like to mess with you, and you know, somebody can do you dirty. Just you know, knock the little pig over. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't do nothing about it. <laughs> so exactly, exactly. I'll take the hook <laughs> definitely. <laughs> All right, bro. So um, let's dive into this episode and let's talk. You are in the education field. So what kind of inspired you to become an educator? Well, um, I would would definitely have to be honest to say I didn't have a desire to go into education. Um, Yeah. Growing up, I saw my dad uh, being a teacher and a principal and doing other work in the school district. I was just like, it's, it's no way that I'm going to do any of it with my life. Um, yeah. I knew that teachers didn't make a lot of money. So I, my, I had my mind on everything else but teaching. But yeah. 
um, I had went through a time in my life at the high school where I really wasn't sure what what I was going to do, and, um, and I kind of found found myself getting getting into some things that didn't really serve me well, and so um, I had learned about the opportunity to be an assistant teacher at an elementary school in Vicksburg, um, yeah, in hometown, and so that was the last thing on my mind that I was trying to do, but you know I, I went. I went for the opportunity anyway, and it ended up turning out to be something that um, I was very passionate about. So I became an assistant teacher at the age of 21. Mm -hmm. and, uh, at that time, I had uh, flunked out of a college, got kicked out of another one, and dropped out of, of, of another one. So I, I really felt you know, disqualified to be teaching anybody anything, but that yeah. helped me um, learn and grow personally as well as professionally. So um, once I took that position, I think the next school year, I was able to um, get a scholarship to go back to college full time. And you know, when I went back to college full time, I was focused, I was driven, I had an idea of uh, what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a teacher. And so uh, the, the rest was history. It was up from there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so was there like a certain point in your life where like, you know how like the light bulb go off? Was that a certain, did you hit that point in your life where you said, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing? Almost definitely. Um, like I said, you know, the first the first day I stepped into that classroom, that was the light, the light coming on. So yeah. I saw the kids, um, they had a long-term sub at the time and uh, they really weren't being engaged. And I felt compelled to, to do something about that. Yeah. And so my philosophy is any anything that you feel strongly about changing or pouring into, that's part of your passion, part of your purpose. And so I felt a strong urge to try to provide them with some type of structure, some type of instruction. And so that was the light bulb moment for me. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So what year was that when you first stepped into the classroom? That was January 2011. 2011. So, um, is there anything you wish you would have known as a first-time teacher stepping into that classroom? Um, at that point, it it wasn't much that was that was gonna really help. I had to kind of go through and figure yeah. things out on my own. Now, when I finished college and got my first real teaching job as a certified teacher, that was in uh, January 2016. And so at that point, yes, there are many things that I wish I had known, um, that especially that I know now. Yeah. My, my mindset is totally different, but I would say one thing that I wish I had known when I first started was that um, kids need structure. Yeah. Kids need structure. And regardless of how much they, um, you know, sit, act like they don't like it or don't need it, they, they need it. And what I mean yeah. by structure is just a safe place, a safe place to learn, a safe place to be themselves and comfortable and outlet. Um, so when I first started teaching, I was very strict. I was very um, just, just hard up on the kids yeah. because I was um, brought up by more old school um, black male teachers that were very strict, stern, no yeah. nonsense. And um, that was the mindset that I had. You know, keeping it real, that was the mindset that I had. Like, I'm not gonna have any physical problems. I'm not going to, you know, tolerate any disrespect. 
Right. Like, you know, talking, no this, no that. So that was the mindset and attitude I had. Um, and I got the results <laughs> that I wanted, but I suffered when it came to relationships. Uh, it was hard for me to build um, strong connections with the kids because a lot of, most of them thought, I, thought that I was mean. <laughs> right. Uh, and, you know, that they couldn't approach me. And so over the past couple of years, my outlook has changed. And I, I've learned that, you know, hey, these kids don't need a dictator. They don't need a, a tyrant. They need someone to, you know, help meet, help meet their needs, help understand them, and just try to make sense of where they are and just kind yeah. of guide them into the next step. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, so as an educator, what has been some helpful tools to kind of help you stay focused and stay organized? Well, uh, one thing for sure, these right here, <laughs> these sticky notes, I have yeah. notes everywhere. And uh, just basically just writing down ideas, making plans, um, that, that helps me professionally as well as personally. Um, I just got there writing about, um, you know, making plans, developing details. So part of being an educator is making lesson plans weekly. Yeah. We had to turn in those plans. So, um, you know, with that being said, we had to have an outlook on what we want our scholars to, to be able to achieve mm -hmm. in a given set amount of time. And so that relates with me personally as well. As far as my personal goals, you know, I had to make plans. I had to uh, just kind of have an outlook of what I want to achieve, where I want to be at a certain, um, certain time or a certain time frame and just yeah. write out those details step by step how I plan on doing it. So just making plans, writing notes, um, and just developing ideas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so in your opinion, what has been the easiest or the hardest part about being an educator? Well, that's a loaded question. Um, I would say the most challenging part of being an educator for me, and I've been wrestling with this um, this school year, is finding the balance between teaching the curriculum and teaching the students. And what yeah. I mean by teaching the students, like teaching them things that they need to know as an individual yeah. to be a, a good, productive human being in this society. Um, especially for the minority students that I teach. Yeah. Teaching them the things that they need to be aware of and just trying to make them aware of the, the different traps and temptations that are out there for them that seem enticing. Yeah. So we have we have certain things that we have to implement in our daily instructional schedule. We have to spend uh, X amount of time on this, X amount of time on that. And so it's very little room in my instructional day to really just have a one-on-one -on -one conversation or just um, a necessary conversation with yeah. all of my scholars to you know check in on them to see how they're doing to give them some encouragement um, and things like that because I know that teaching virtually I get to see each and every student's household so mm -hmm. additionally they will come to me everybody will be in one spot. Right. The virtual is like I'm seeing what's going on in everybody's house. And yeah. It's tough. It's tough yeah. not being able to really, you know, touch on touch on the areas that need to be addressed um, as far as their uh, social and emotional learning. But 
And the great, the great part about it is just building, being able to build those connections and relationships. Uh, you know, it's it's inevitable each year you'll have at least one or two students that you'll just have a natural connection with. Right. And so if you're able to capitalize off of that, you can build some lifelong relationships and right. really, really be able to pour into their lives and just help guide them and um, be a great resource for them, whatever they yeah. need to along the way. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Um, my mom is an educator, actually. Um, and it's crazy now because she's been teaching like 20 years now and she'll still have students reach out and say, I appreciate what you did all those years back then. And um, I think this day and age, kids are blessed to have educators who really care about their well-being, their mind, their mental, all of that. So I think that's a very good point that you said. So. Especially our young black males, because this day and age is a lot going on. So, sadly, uh, that's you know that's an understatement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you mentioned you're virtual now, which leads me into the next question I had for you. Um, since COVID, how has your teaching style or methods changed? I would definitely say it's helped me be more understanding. Yeah. Um, and being able to show more grace in terms of, like I said earlier, seeing what, what everybody has going on in, in their home life. Yeah. I see kids that are babysitting instead of them being able to fully participate and engage through the lesson, they have to watch their two uh, younger siblings or young yep. cousins or they had to go and help their parents do x y and z and so it really takes away from the impact of the um, the teaching and learning so yeah i can't get frustrated i can't get upset when the kids are not turning to work or when the kids are not engaged because i i can clearly see that they have other issues going on so right. as an educator i have to be understanding and just show more grace and accept whatever they're able to give me and know that they are truly doing their best. Right. In terms of te teaching methods, have to be very creative because um, teaching virtually is clearly a lot different from being in person. Right. And so dealing with, with younger students, it's hard. It's already hard to keep their attention span. Mm -hmm. you know, they're sitting in front of a, a computer screen all day and they have different adults coming in and different teaching styles, things like that. I had to be very creative in, in ways to keep them engaged. So I've been experimenting with different platforms, uh, different things that I think will keep their interest. And if they like it, I'll keep doing it. And right. I'll find something else. <laughs> right. You know, one of the things that I did a few weeks ago was I just had a honest conversation and allowed them to give me some feedback. Say, hey, what are some things that you think uh, we should keep doing? Things that you enjoy doing that you want to keep doing? What are some things that we can change? Yeah, and what yeah. are some things that you really don't like that you, you think we can stop altogether? And so they gave me their honest feedback and I took it and I implemented it. And it's helped, you know, move the, the needle a little bit in terms of engagement. But 
Um, you know, it's still going to be an issue, a challenge with having all scholars engaged, having yeah. everybody participating, just for the simple fact that they are at home, right, in, in the comfort of their own home. So, just doing the best that we can. Um, I know that everybody's working hard. Um, everybody that's involved in this process, and I just try to keep everything light and help whatever I can. Yeah, 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 yeah. What age are you teaching? Uh, middle school. Oh, middle school. Yeah. Oh, so. yes, indeed. Because <laughs> I remember how I was in middle school. It's like that age range is it's different. <laughs> Very different. The lower middle school students, uh, they're more, they're more um, malleable. I can kind of get to them a little bit more. Yeah. Older middle school students, they're grown. Oh, they grow. <laughs> they, they grow. grow. <laughs> so as as long as I can get them to log in and you know look like they act like they do some work and they be respectful of doing you know whatever they need to do, I'm cool with it. I, I have right, right, right. You know, and reaching out to parents when necessary. But like I said, I try to keep everything light. Uh, these kids are so amazing. They show resilience each and every yeah. day. Uh, they continue to show up. They continue to try to do their best in terms of submitting work and just being adaptable. So I couldn't ask for better. I'm really glad to, to, to be able to do the work that I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so what advice would you give or would you offer, um, say, a young Black male who's thinking about getting into education, but he's not really sure, or he may be struggling mentally, emotionally? What advice would you give that young brother? Um, I would say to to do what they feel they to do. Yeah. Being an educator is not for everybody. Um, and even for a lot of a lot of people who do it, it's not for a lot of them either. Right. And so just be very honest and transparent. Are you doing this work because it's convenient for you? Or do you want to do this work because you truly want to make a, a difference and an impact. And, yeah. and when I say that, I mean, do you truly want to make a difference or impact or do you want to be seen? Some people want to get into this profession um, as a black male educator, as a young black male educator, because they think it'll help them stand out. Oh, you know, it, there's only uh, two, two to 5% black male right. educators in, um, in the school system. So, you know, I can do this and blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. It's cool for you, but you know the kids are going to suffer because when things get rough, what's in you is truly going to come out. And so, if you're doing this, if you're seeking um, some type of self fulfillment by doing this work, it's going to show when things yeah. go, when things go left. But if you're in it for the right reasons and when things go left, um, you know the wisdom and the the heart the heart and the love will come out of you. And you'll yep. be able to do things, you know, from from a healthy place, and you you won't be able, you won't feel overwhelmed, I should say. Yeah. So uh, I would definitely tell you know whoever to think long and hard about it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Especially this. This is something else to think about. It's not people say it's not for the money. It's definitely not for the money. Think about this. Are you willing to go a whole month without pay? Because mm. most uh, most school systems, you know, between Christmas break and 
<laughs> when you come back to school to work in January, you not gonna get paid for it. Right, <laughs> right. And so that that money that you get before Christmas break, that's gonna have to last you until you know you get paid again in January. In January, right. And so you know, if you think that you're gonna get into the field and you know get get a come up or something like that, that's not it. <laughs> Negative. Um, right. You're gonna have to be willing to, you know, have a side hustle or a side job or you know, something else to sustain you because I, I promise is <laughs> the money, you know, if you don't have any responsibility, responsibilities or bills, things like that, oh you you're good. You're fine, right. Right. But if you're you know um, an independent person and everything is your responsibility, um, you're gonna have to get creative in terms of you know, finding ways to continue to generate income. Right, right, right. I, and I definitely tell my mom, your kudos to all of the educators because it's, I'm going to tell you this, I could not be an educator. And I used to joke with my mom all the time. My first day would probably be my last day too. So <laughs> <laughs> I command each and yeah, I commend each and every educator who actually goes to Estramal and actually cares about the work that they put out. So I appreciate you guys. So my last and final question to you is, at the end of the day, why do you teach? That's a great question. I would say at the end of the day, I teach because I want to be an example of excellence. Mm. <clears throat> And I say that because, you know, our, our youth, they have so many examples of, you know, how, how to get money, how to, right. uh, you know, get clout over the internet, social media. They have so many examples of, of how to be successful at uh, dead end things and things that will leave them empty and broken. Yeah. They have so many examples on how to do things quickly and with ease, but very rarely we see them really gravitate towards someone who does things with excellence. Yeah. And so if I'm able to be a present presence in their life daily and they get to see excellence daily, they get to see uh, a young black man doing excellent things consistently they get to see firsthand what it takes to be successful and, and not just uh, the work that is classroom but any other area of my life any other project or activity that i have going on if they pay attention they're going to see okay what does he 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 cares about the stuff that he does he does good work and so i just want to be able to model that so it's for me fulfilling to be able to consistently show them that day in and day out from the smallest of things to from my daily procedures, my expectations to how I carry myself, yeah. uh, you know, how I interact with them, how I interact with other adults, just being very mindful and intentional on showing them, hey, you know, I'm, I'm tatted up, like I, right body full of tattoos and ink and you know I have a closet full of shoes and clothes you know I speak the lingo I I, I engage and indulge in the culture just like right. they do but I'm also able to sit in a room full of the most educated people and come on the 
for them as well. And so our culture, um, our culture kind of drops the ball when it comes to showing them that part, that side yeah. of the game. They show them the destructive side and the things that could, you know, really ruin their future. But, you know, it's, it's no uh, coverage or content on, you know, really how to conduct business, really how yeah. to, you know, execute things. So um, I just look forward to being, being an example of it on a daily basis. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, is there any type of mentorship program that you do or? Yeah, so I have a mentor program called Gentleman of Leadership and Development. Uh-huh. And um, that was started back in 2017. Uh-huh. When I was teaching at Vicksburg. It started as a small group of students. Um, I saw that there was a need to connect with young men. Yeah. And we just started by doing service projects around the school. They they were excited to get out of class. Really I'm sure. <laughs> so we started as okay, um, we're gonna spend X amount of days a week. We're gonna go clean up the playground, clean up the building, we're gonna help out um, the janitors and you know, ask what needs to be done around the school. So yeah. they helped them take um, on the system ownership at their school. They wanted to take care of the school. They wanted to help out and things yeah. like that. And so I was able to build that um, into more service-minded projects. We started to do events um, and other incentives. And so it grew into me being able to really teach them about etiquette, um, ha- having the manners, how to carry themselves, how to tie the tie. Um, and things like that. And so this year, this school year, I am actually working on revamping it because of yeah. uh, COVID and everything right. like that. So I look forward to relaunching it in the next month. Um, and I, I would definitely say the beginning of March. So it's going to be a five-week model this time. But you know, everything is going to be virtual. And I look forward to just bringing in outside resources because they need yeah. to see, um, you know, other positive black male figures that can really help them be successful in other areas. So not just me. Right. So I look forward to revamping it um, here in the next few weeks. Absolutely. 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 So you also recently just wrote a book and congratulations on that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So can you tell us about your book and where people can purchase it? Absolutely. So um, I wrote a book and I also wrote a curriculum. So the book is titled You Deserve It, um, A Journey of Life Experience to Affirm Your Mental and Emotional Development. And the book is specifically about some of my life experiences that helped me grow mentally and helped me grow emotionally. And we just affirm some things that I struggled with along the way. And so I shared some of those experiences in the book. The curriculum is also titled You Deserve It. It's a 30-day curriculum guide to social and emotional learning. So it has some of the same uh, concepts from the book, but it goes more in depth. The curriculum has five principles, and for each principle, there are six uh, prompts that are connected Mm -hmm. to social and emotional learning. And so the curriculum can be used as like a supplement to daily instruction, um, just you know, to check in with students. I, I mentioned earlier that it's really not enough. To, it's really not any time in the instructional schedule to you know do social and emotional learning. So you have to get right. there. And so me developing that curriculum was 
my solution to that problem. Um, and so it can be used for you know mentor programs and youth groups. Um, it's any capacity that people will need to check in on their social emotional learning. So each day is a 30 day guide. Each day you have a, a writing prompt and a reflection and you can you know, continue the process each month is needed. But yeah. that will be available um, here coming up in a few weeks, actually both projects and um, that can be purchased through yeah. my landing page, youdeserveit.info slash order. And I also have a website, winterliteracy.org where you can uh, purchase them as well. Cool, cool, cool. And I'll be sure to, if you would like to purchase that book, I'll be sure to um, drop the link below this episode. So make sure you check that out. And also, bro, shout out your podcast that you have as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wins and Lessons podcast. So um, I started the podcast back in 2019. And I began it by having other black male educators um, and black male uh, leaders in the community to come on and just talk a little bit about um, you know, things that they were passionate about. And then I kind of expanded it into people coming on talking about financial financial literacy. I think mm -hmm. I have maybe two or three episodes out about that. And I did a I did two panel um, interviews with other black male educators. And so this year in 2021, I look forward to expanding that that platform to you know include different guests about different topics. Yeah. Uh, so, where's the lessons podcast? You can get it from um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Got it, got it, got it. Well, bro, I appreciate you so much for coming on and giving us your time. Um, just letting letting us know that there are educators out there, especially Black male educators, who do care about the work that they do. So, I appreciate you so much for coming on tonight and just giving us your perspective from an educator's point of view. No doubt. You know, thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate the work that you do. Um, shout out to you for just continuing your vision and continue to add on and expand as you go along. So I appreciate you for uh, just having me on as a guest. And I look forward to seeing the work that you do in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you guys, that's our time on April Speaks Out, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.